All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar. So there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, these are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right. No fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdraft fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So, if you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Court Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Boosts are available to eligible Chime members enrolled in SpotMe and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. This is Germany. And this is Brittany. And this is the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. A motivating and encouraging podcast where we focus on building community amongst colorful women alike. Join us weekly as we sit down and have candid conversations on various topics and issues surrounding self-care, self-love, health and wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and much more. And trust, if we don't have the answers, we'll call on our expert homegirls who do. Our goal is to create a safe space for growth, 
inspiration, laughter, and love free of judgment in hopes that after you listen, you're a little more knowledgeable or at least a little more entertained than before. It's Homegirl Vibes here. Real, raw, and a little funny. A lot of fucking funny. So thanks for tuning in to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey, I'm Charles. Good to see you. Hey, welcome back. And if you're new here, welcome. It's good to see you too. Even mm. though we can't really see you, but you can hear us. We can feel you. So, hey, how's it going? It's going good. How about you? How was your weekend? My weekend was eventful. It was a holiday weekend. But it was busy. Mm-hmm. Booked and busy. Booked and busy. Mm-hmm. Not, What'd you do? I went home. Home to me is the Bay Area. Yes. Bay Area. So yeah, I went home. Hey. Visited my grandma. Like visited my family. Mm-hmm. Went wine tasting in Napa for a friend's birthday, which was a grand time. You I guys love- look like y'all were having a blast. You look like a real influencer. I yeah. said, look at her gallivanting around in Napa. <laughs> with her with her wine. Yes. Yeah. Anywhere there's wine, I'm there. It's a good time. So, you know, that was my first time being in Napa. I've never been, so. We got to go. Yes. Yeah, it go looked back. amazing. It was a really good time. And it, the weather was amazing. So, yeah, I had a good time. Yay. And I brought my ass on back here. Glad you made it back. I'm glad I made it back, too. Yeah, in one piece, because shit was shaking around here. Ciao. I'm sure you, you guys have heard, if you're in, in L.A. or in the surrounding area, then you felt. They were talking about it everywhere, worldwide. I know. I know. We oh. had an earthquake. Two. <laughs> well, two. Two earthquakes. Uh, one on the 4th of July. Actually, the day after the 4th of July. One was, was on the 4th of July. That the was the 4th, one, huh? The first one was on the 4th. I thought so. So the 4th, there was one in the morning, which wasn't super bad. It was like a 6.4 or something. Um, but it was like minor um, and then another one, the big one, came on Friday. <laughs> the big one, the big one not- came on Friday. That was a 7.1 magnitude. Now, you know, they both have the potential to be big because if the sixth one would have been, the Northridge one was a 6.7. Yeah, I know. It really just depends on where you It depends at. on where it is. So thankfully, this was <sighs> LA right here wasn't the epicenter, but I was nervous. I was scared for you. I'm I was like, I need for to me. get back. I need my friend to be there. I need her alive. I need all her shit intact. I was like, Girl, everything was intact. I was so what nervous. What is going on? I'm happy that I wasn't here. And I was like, you know, maybe he's keeping me. No, and no, not no, no. keeping me? What the fuck? <laughs> he's keeping you and ain't keeping me now. No, Hold no, no, on. no, no. He's keeping me from being fearful because I'm scary as fuck. Girl, I, I was too. I was so nervous. Did you stand? Here. Un- did you get under a table? Did no, you stand I, under the know, door? I mean, after no, I'ma be truthful. <laughs> what I did was I was sitting in the living room, so I kind of got up. I'm like, okay, it's this happening. You just stood there like Will Smith in uh-uh. the empty living room. No, right. right. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't do that. I went and grabbed a TV because you know that TV. Germany. In no. <laughs> okay, now that's the dumbest shit you I can know. do. My my friend was like, "Yo, don't ever do that shit again. You need to stand in the fucking doorway." Which I know that, but I was like, I don't want it to be something that's like minor, and then there's major damage that could have been like reconciled. So I was like the trying major. to hold the TV. TV, the damn dog was running around in circles. I'm like, Gatsby, get over it. <laughs> so after I, I was kind of like on bended knee, on bended knee. Germany. I was on bended knee holding the TV and I'm like, Lord, just don't let it grow. If it really would have started going down, I, I would have had go. to relinquish and hit the dough. Period. I would have been at the door. But luckily, I'm in a one story house. So I, that made me feel good. So because I would have been concerned if I was in an apartment. Is this, is it, it's not safe to go outside. 
Depending on where because you are. Because if there's no trees or anything, I feel like it'll be a little safer it to is. be outside. It would have been safe for me to go in the backyard because there's no... Away in- from the trees. Yeah, nothing necessarily could have fell. But, you know, you just got to kind of play it by ear. The thing with um, earthquakes that's scary is that when it hit, you don't really know how long it's going to go and what's going to be ruined. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, oh, shit, here we go. I wonder what's the typical, like, length of an earthquake. Like, what was the... The length of the earthquake in Northridge and the length of the one in the bay, like when we were babies. I think we got the, uh, I think this one was 40 seconds. Oh. This one, this one, I think that's what people are saying. But baby, I don't know. Yeah, that imagine Northridge. that happening for a minute. No, that is, it's or scary like as shit. Minute, five minutes. It happened. I remember that earthquake, that Northridge earthquake. I, my mom was like, get under the bed. Did Mind any, you, I'm oh, like, you, felt, you guys felt it? Yeah, because Northridge yeah. is close. It was, okay, so the earthquake, um, the Northridge earthquake lasted approximately 20, 10 to 20 seconds. That's it. That's it? That's it. And all that damage happened in 20 seconds. It happened at 4.30 um, in the morning. It also depends on the type of earthquake because the ones that just happened um, this past weekend were like rolling ones. Mm-hmm. Where the ones like the Northridge ones are like a jolt where stuff really gets like. This was a blind thrust earthquake, which I don't know the difference, but that's what it says. A blind thrust. So luckily everybody's safe. There was no fatalities. No one really like injured. I know there was a lot of damage where the earthquake happened in Ridgecrest, which is sucks. Now they have to rebuild and you know, you know how it is after a disaster. It's a small little town. So, so I guess it means get your earthquake. I mean, your emergency kids. It means get your emergency emergency kits, emergency mm-hmm. emergency kits, then um, get your shit together. And try to, try I to stay sure ready. I for sure need an emergency kit because all I have is one little gallon of um, water, water that I drink throughout that the week. That I get for the week. I get them one gallon at a time. I'm never getting more than I need. I got I'm two like, this, this week because the they week. were two for five. I'm like, okay, it's a deal. This is for the week. I'm like, if an earthquake come this week, she's ready. <laughs> she's ready with her water. And I don't have any food to eat. I'm going to be sitting up there biting on kale. Yeah, because we only shop for the week. For the week. And I don't have no can. Well, I do have a can of black beans. <laughs> I got to get my shit together for sure. Because you don't want it to really hit, okay? You don't want it to hit. But anyway, new week, new tea. Where we kiki with you and you kiki with we. What's up? So this segment of our show is where we dish tea, kiki, gag Mm -hmm. um, about hot topics, current topics, issues, maybe sometimes some hot shit going on in our lives. Yes. Um, So this week, I was really happy to see um, my baby boy, Jaden. Jaden Smith, who just turned 21, he released his food truck that will be handing out free vegan food in downtown LA to the skit row population, yeah. which is, if you're not familiar with that is a street full of homeless individuals, people, people who are experiencing homelessness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's disheartening. So a lot of people go down there and do these, um, philanthropic efforts, yeah. but Jaden is a gym. He really so, is. question, because I, I seen that, that he did that, but I didn't get like to go in full detail and read about it. But um, is the food truck going to be going to um, population? I mean, areas that have homeless um, population? I, the, or, the, article, the write-up that I read said that... Um, or is he going to be actually selling food at some point from this truck? And they made it seem like the article that I read, um, he didn't provide clarity on this, mm-hmm. but the article that I read made it seem like the sole intention of the truck is to give out free vegan food. I love. So I don't know if he'll be selling the, the food. That's beautiful. That but works for me. with his heart, I feel like the intent is to give out free food because he has his Just Water company that he created um, 
which is obviously available for sale. But he also has done a lot um, in Flint, Michigan, helping them alleviate their water crisis. They have fucked up sewer pipe systems that causes their water to be contaminated. Yes. And it's been going on for years. So Jaden sends Jayden, a lot of water. Jaden does. And yeah. he also was sending like machines or something. Yeah, he does he, a lot He of does work. a lot. So he is fine as fuck. <laughs> And um and it's hard and as kind as, as fuck, kind as fuck and fine as fuck, yeah. man. Yeah, so, we love Jay. But also young as fuck. So yeah, there's that. Just turned twenty one. But um, yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. And good job. Yeah. In other news, everybody was all rattled up about um Hallie Bailey, <sighs> which is uh Hallie of Chloe and Hallie, the singing so group. So cute. She's so cute about her being. She's my fave. Casted as Ariel. I mean, they're both equally good. Yeah. But Equal. if someone just said, "Who's your fave?" Hallie. Yeah. So um, she's being casted as Ariel for the live action Little Mermaid, which is great. Her voice is great. Even the directors and like some of the writers were like, she has such a a unique quality of innocence and um, yeah. still boldness yes. and sweetness. Yes. She's perfect. Youth. Her and still able to sing. Not only can she read and act, yeah, but the ability to sing and have such a sweet voice. You know, Ariel, up where they run. I mean, first they walk, then they run. Do you think that Beyonce had something to do with this deal? Like, okay, Ooh. I'll be Nala, but you know, Beyonce does the gang gang. You think that was a, in a part of the negotiation? I don't think so because you know why? They said that they looked for, they they were looking into who would be this role and who would fill this role for over two years. Okay. So I think it just happened to fit. Maybe if she did, that's a great lookout, great plug. We need more people like Beyonce. Yeah, ecosystem. but. And of course, you know, whenever we. But she's also, the people are equally talented. Yes. But you know. And anytime we push against the social norms, because we know, everybody knows Little Mermaid is traditionally white, Caucasian or white. A white redhead. Right, redhead. Um, You know, anytime we push against that and the idea of going against normalcy, quote unquote normalcy, then there's backlash. So there are mean, negative people making Facebook groups make Ariel white again. This isn't the Ariel we grew up with. Like, what are y'all kidding? Posting sick memes. Yeah, it's not cool. And um, the Freeform platform, the Disney, you know, the adult teen channel for Disney, released a statement basically saying like, yo, at the end of the day, Ariel is fiction. And Ariel might be Danish, but they're black Danish people. And all of this shit, none of it really makes sense. And she has a Jamaican crab friend. Be. Like, you guys, just get over it. You right. know what I mean? And if you have an issue with it, you have an issue with yourself. Because black girl magic and we're taking over. If Beyonce's Nala... Huh. I can't Did you see that meme? Beyonce's Nala, Will Smith is Aladdin, um, Ariel is black. Like, it's basically gang, gang. Oh, somebody said it's Disney. Disney. <laughs> black Disney instead of Disney. It's yeah, black excellence. I can't wait to see The Lion King. And mm-hmm. I can't wait to see um, Little Mermaid yeah. either. Because I like both of those movies. So I'm really, you know, I need to really. Little Mermaid was amazing. I need to. Um, those Lion King tickets probably sold out. No, they're not. Oh, They're okay. still available. I need to get mine. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Haley, Hallie, Hallie. <laughs> Everybody else, can Hallie Bailey, Hallie. Hallie Bailey. Everybody else can um suck a sick one. Period. Period. Damn, tired of these haters. Tired. Of these speaking haters. of haters, if you haven't done your, we your... have a we, wait. But speaking of haters, we have a brother, mm. um, who's been subjected to some hateration. Oh, ASAP Rocky, another fine ass nigga. <laughs> another fine gentleman 
has is locked up in solitary confinement in Sweden because of some, a fight that um he got into or his mm-hmm. his team got into. When if you see the if you go to his um Instagram, you can see that they were clearly being provoked. Yeah. By motherfuckers. It's kind of hard and over it got in physical. other countries. It they is. don't like blacks. They don't like. No. They do not like. Uh-uh. And so it took a turn for a sick twist, a turn for the worse. And now ASAP and a few other individuals are locked up. So we want to get help, get him out. There is a petition on change.org that we'll put down in the show notes. Mm-hmm. They need about, I think, 200,000 signatures. And when I signed it, they were damn close so sign this petition hopefully this helps get him out asap ferg said they have a lot of lawyers working on it where's jay-z get jay-z on the phone somebody said um somebody send kim kardashian an email and let her know to get asap rocky out of prison period like kim come on kim we need your efforts so yeah praying for him hopefully he he gets his finance out of there asap asap okay so now what we need you to do asap is um be sure that you rate review subscribe to the podcast tell a homegirl to tell a homegirl to tell a homegirl the way that we gain notoriety and visibility is by you sharing the podcast and also leaving a few kind sweet words when you rate and review for real this is not an optional step this is imperative yeah if you're here you have to do this part yeah this is imperative um with this podcast We'll stay where it's at without your assistance. So we need you all. Mm-hmm. We're telling you. Yeah. We need you all. So yes, the ratings and reviews mean the world to us. We read every one. And so we want to highlight our review of the week. This one comes from Shasha. Oh, Shasha so gorgeous. She says, love you, girls. And we love you, too, because you, you took the time to do this. She says, this is just the podcast I was searching for. I love it so much. Feels like you're my besties in my head. We are. I look forward to this podcast every week. If I'm behind on a podcast, I feel some kind of way. This podcast has been shared on all my social media and even to my homegirls and coworkers. See, this is the type of love that we're talking about. Yes. The sharing coupled with coming back with a review. Yes. The only reason I downloaded IG was to see your live and see what you girls look like in person. Sending you homegirl vibes, peace, and blessings. Yes. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Thank you, Shaw. We appreciate that. Yes. Um, Please continue. Another way for you to support the podcast, we just launched our Patreon page. um, I think last week or the week before last. So thank you for who for the girls who've signed up it means a lot to us you signing up for patreon and to support us means you support the work that we do that we're doing here you're affirming the work that we're doing here and you know that there's bigger and better things and we can't do it without you so this is a, yeah this is an independently ran podcast self-funded um and we are offering a lot of perks over there today someone had and just in case you don't know we'll share some of the perks um but today the girl one of the girlfriends was like patiently waiting on the july affirmations i'm like baby girl they're on patreon yeah (laughs) if you're waiting you don't have to wait all you have to do is go on over to our patreon we share our july visual offer or all months video affirmations and i'm not video our visual visual and audio affirmations we will have two bonus episodes on there and you'll also get um video podcast from us so us recording when we're recording alone uh you'll be able to get the visual all this beauty here so next week yep yeah next week you'll next be getting week will that. be our first video podcast Woo! excited for that yes that'll be fun for sure um you also get exclusive access to things happening over here with the black girl bravado yeah and um monthly playlist there's a lot so going over to www.patreon.com backslash the black girl bravado which is also down in our show notes mm-hmm. your support means a role for us to us and um it's important 
Yeah. Also, we have our Facebook group, the Black Girl Bravado Podcast Homegirl Hangout, where we continue the conversations had here on the show. So please join that. It's been popping over there, too. Girlfriends are connecting, um, forming their own separate meetup groups, creating group chats, talking about the episode. So make sure you join that, too. Yeah, That's community. That's an extension of us. Community is means everything. So um, last week's episode was stellar, honey. It was episode 104, Entrepreneurship with Shantae Lundy. So in case y'all didn't know, there were 2.4 million African-American owned, women-owned businesses in 2018, and black women are the only racial or ethnic group with more business ownership than our male peers. So we're running this shit, okay? Just so y'all knew. In last week's episode, we chatted with our homegirl, Shantae, who's the founder and creator of Black Girl Sunscreen, about why creating Black Girl Sunscreen was so important to her. Also, we discussed how she handles adversity and doubt and how she journeys through the complexities of running her own brand. So through that conversation, we were able to provide some tips and um, tricks, some insights that are useful to any homegirl that's on a mission. So if you're an entrepreneur, this is great. If you're not an entrepreneur, this is great because it also gives you... um on just perseverance in yeah, general. Yeah, resilience, tenacity, drive, all of that. Yeah, it was a really good conversation. Important life skills to have. And we got all the pictures, y'all tagging us and your black girl sunscreen yes. posts. Yes. That's great. Go your to your hot local. Your summer essential piece. Yes, go to your local Targets, go online, buy the products, support Shantae, support us. Period. Okay, so this week, um, we have another special guest. Woo, yes. You we know, coming in hot. We're coming in hot. For we're the hot in, girl summer. Period. Mm-hmm. And this is really important for the hot girl summer. We don't want you too hot to where you burning. Yeah, um, burning up. So, today the guest that we have is one of the internet's most sought after certified sex educators. Yes. Dating coach. Yes. And relationship expert. Yes. And in this episode, we talk about all that sex, dating, and relationships. Yes. Three very important topics that sometimes Germany and I don't have all the answers for. Yes. So um, sit tight so you can find out who the special guest is. Ooh. All right. See y'all in a minute. Okay, ladies. So today we have a special guest with us. A real special a guest. A real special guest. Mm-hmm. And... Y'all are constantly sliding in our DMs asking us questions about dating, about relationships. So we thought it would be fitting to bring on an expert. Yeah, because we knew here we don't got all the tools. We just don't. We have a very small amount of the answers. Yeah. <laughs> and so whenever we don't have all the answers, we're, we call on our expert homegirls who do. So that's what we did today. We already know this guest is going to put us up on some game. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, some game. A <laughs> yeah, lot of game. Literally. A lot of game. And so we're excited to chat with her. So our guest today is Shan Booty. Hey girl, welcome to the Hello. Show. Pop yes. up cake. Yes. Surprise, bitches. Yes. Oh, I'm really excited. <laughs> that was so good. That was so much energy. Yes. I love that. Yes. You even shocked me. I put my hands up. Yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> we're woke. If you were asleep, you're woke now. Yeah, yeah, she's here. Yeah, so so Shan, give our girls an um an intro. Let them know who you are, what you do. Well, I'm a black girl with bravado who's very excited to be here. I talk about sex and relationships for a living. Um, and my greatest educator is other people. And so I will challenge you guys to say that you don't have an opinion, you don't have a perspective. Because at the end of the day, this is a thing that all of us have experience with. And experience equals knowledge. And knowledge is something that you can share with others. So I like to empower people to think of themselves as their own relationship expert. And that's why my book is about me passing on everything that I know, because this is information that should be privy to everybody since, again, we all have relationships. Yes. 
We do. And you mentioned your book, which that's why we're here, ladies. So Shan recently put out a book. It's The Game of Desire, Five Surprising Secrets to Dating with Dominance and Getting What You Want. So we know it's like challenging dating. That's what it feels like. This culture that we're in, it's a struggle, right? It seems like we don't have a lot of options. Honestly, um, for transparency, being in a long-term relationship and getting out of it, mm -hmm. I don't even know what dating is. Yeah. But it does seem intimidating. And from a lot of our listeners, they'd be like, I'm tired of this. Or even just scrolling down Twitter, people like, dating sucks, uh, dating in LA is impossible, I'm moving to Texas, or, you know. Yeah, we always <laughs> want to move. I'm like, y'all, where y'all going? It's but the then same. people move to Texas and they struggle too. So I'm like, yes, okay, yes. there's an issue. Yeah, there's a disconnect. And obviously, Shan, you, you've agreed because you wrote this book. And you researched, right? You interviewed over 250 people. Give us the tea. Yes, 100%. I think that it's important to note to people that statistically it is a really hard time to find connections, especially in major cities. And if you're heterosexual, because what tends to happen is you've got a disproportionate amount of women who are going away to college, who are getting further education, um, who are improving themselves. And unfortunately, men haven't really kept up. And mm -hmm. so if you're a college educated woman who's looking for a partner, a heterosexual partner, your options can be like for every four of you, there's one of them. Oh, so wow. disproportionately, there are a lot more uh, women in the mar marketplace. There's a lot more single women than, the, than there are. There's more single women today than there ever have been in history, mm -hmm. which there's twofold of that. Number one, of course, the population rises constantly. But also number two is that people are waiting longer for marriage. But null and void, there's a lot of people now who in their late 20s, 30s and 40s still haven't found a primary partner. So if you're struggling to date, know that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. But the point of my book is that like just like in 2008, we had a recession and it was widely understood that it was a difficult time, that jobs were hard to come by, that money was scarce. And yet that was some people's best year. There were some people out there who crushed in 2008. And so for me, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's all agree that dating is trash, that dating is hard, that it's not what it used to be, that people um, are treating other people disposably. We can all agree on that. So what are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Are we going to bitch about it on Twitter? Are we going to move to Texas? Are we <laughs> going to be the few who know how to navigate this space because we're expert connectors and masterful seducers? And so no matter what the landscape is, we're still going to thrive. Yeah. And that's who this book is written for. Sounds like wow. it's written for me. <laughs> yes, it is. It 100 percent. It's is. for sure written for me. I'm like this book has my name on it. It because does. It, it has. It, the book is called Dating for with Dominance for Britney. Yes. Period. Yes. That's what it's called because a bitch looks at dating like, okay, I don't know what to do. And so, I found that the book was interesting because you gathered real life people that struggle with dating. It's mm -hmm. not just, um, I guess, like a broad topic where you're just like this could be why or this may be why it's you gathered five people who were struggling with dating like real and life like, it, like yeah, real life and then like developed a workshop so that they can see why or figure out why and then from then on some of them or maybe all of them i haven't read the book yet but were they all successful with nailing this dating shit down yeah i should have mailed you guys the after before and afters i yeah. mean that um Listen, this is we'll not a conversation to, to have while we're on the podcast, but I'll mail it to you just for, email it to you just for fun. Yeah. But yeah, so a main reason was I actually did a show in 2017 that was called Sham Booty is Your Perfect Date. Mm -hmm. And really, and truly, my whole lesson has been dating is a skill. Like anything else, like cooking is a skill. Basketball is a skill. If you want to get good at it, you have to understand the basic principles. You have to practice a lot and enlist the help of mentors. 
practice in low risk environments. And then when it shows up, when it actually counts, it'll be second nature to you. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't really ever practice the skill set, if you're not flirting 24 seven, how are you expecting to flirt when it's around someone that you really, really like and that your adrenaline is pumping? Like that's just, and you're in fight or flight mode. So wow. the pr- principle sense. of my show in 2017 was like, can dating be a skill? Can I go on a date with anybody? I didn't wear any makeup. I, my clothes were like just jeans and a baggy t-shirt. Um, and I went on like something like 50 dates to see if like each person would want a second date with me and see me as an ideal fit or like a long-term candidate. And so anyhow, when I did that, people liked the tips, but they were like, you're a light-skinned girl with green eyes, Mm -hmm. even without makeup on, like this wouldn't work for me. You don't understand like I'm different or my social situation is different, or you have a lot of confidence. You also, you already had all this information. This wouldn't work for the average person. So I took in that note and in writing this book, I was like, I cannot just mention tips that have worked for me. Uh, It has to be proven that it can work for anybody. And that's why I interviewed the 300 women to eventually find six women from different walks of life who have all different perspectives, different challenges. And that's who I taught to see if they would get the same result that I did. And in the end, absolutely, they all like in pretty crazy ways, like one of them identified like her ideal celebrity crush in the beginning of our workshop. And she's a a mom of a 10 year old son, Mm -hmm. um, suffers from I would refer to her as like a doormat, just um doesn't want to ever voice her opinion, just goes along with the flow of everybody else and never really stood in her ground and in her excellence. Mm. Um, and by the end of the program, she was like romantically involved with her celebrity crush, which what? was pretty fucking, yeah, Okay, was, we're signing up. Pretty crazy. You said celebrity crush. And I have yes. a few of them motherfuckers like, hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. She said celebrity crush. I'm signing up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Now that, that, that is deep. So really quick, I know Brittany's itching to get something out, but I'm going to say something really fast. So you mentioned about all the tips that you're putting in this book. Y'all, just so y'all know, she gathered up a, a great amount of experts to get you mm-hmm. the tools that you need. Okay. We have psychologists. We have some strippers because you got to be able to seduce these people. Okay. Yes. We have some highly seductive women in the book. We have some great men. So we, we need to use this. This goes in our toolkit. A resource. A resource. Yeah. Right. That's really what we need. It's important. Yeah, because yeah. it's experiences plus tips and suggestions yes. to help you. Yes, yes, yes. What were you going to say, my love? My question <laughs> is because once you said that you um that you went on 50 dates, where did you find these 50 people? Yes. Because that is a, that's a good amount of people, you know? And so I'm wondering, did you do online dating? I know my friend was like, you need to um create an online dating profile. Honestly, my mom said that today, and I'm like, mom. She was like, you know, be, you need to tr- create a profile. And that also intimidates me because I'm kind of apprehensive just because I'm like, are there weird weirdos on there? Like, yeah. do people only want one thing? I don't fucking know, but I haven't tried it. So did, where did you find the 50 people? And what do you think about online dating? Like, is that a good starting point for people to, yes. well, to utilize these tools? That I mean, they you like? know that you're, you need to find somebody when your mom is like, why don't you do online dating? <laughs> like, put yourself the call out, there, out so. Right. <laughs> the call out. Yeah, the call out, it's been a while, I guess. Yes. Uh, but absolutely. I mean, mind you, like I did a show. So those 50 dates were casted people. Mm. And they just did a general casting call to say, we're doing a blind date show. Does anybody want to be a participant? So it's like mm. people similar to who would go on The Bachelor, I guess, right? Okay. Um, so, and I was also in a relationship and I lived with somebody when I did this show. But it was just, but I was looking just for a partner in that way. But yeah. I mean, I did make some great connections with some people. So it was an awesome experience. But yes. absolutely, I suggest online dating. I think online dating is like, 
it's a, it's a, it's everything is a choice. Either you're going to do the work manually, wherein that like one of the exercises in the book I have people do is a job listing, where in essence, like if you think of yourself, Brittany, as like a multi-billion dollar company and you are the CEO, mm. you're responsible for hiring people into your board of trustees, into your CEO suite, but you're also responsible for hiring plumbers and, you know, mailroom people. Mm. And so when you're looking for a partner, you have to be really clear about what you're looking for. That way you don't have somebody who's really mailroom quality ending up in the CEO suite. Oh, and nothing is wrong with either one, right? Because you need somebody in the mailroom, but you have to be clear about that so you don't make a mistake by over... Um, promoting somebody who's underqualified. Now you it's, just said it right there. Okay. Wow. Continue. Yeah, my sister. Yes. But I think that the, um, if you do that and you're really clear about what you're looking for, online dating is fine because you're not going to get distracted by the foolishness. What's mm -hmm. hard. It's sort of like looking for a job online when you don't even know what kind of job you want. Mm -hmm. So you're going to end up on Craigslist on monster.com, just like applying for every and anything. And with that mentality, are you likely to get the perfect job for you? Mm, no. So you can. Uh, I just think you have, to, you have to put the work in regardless. Whether you're going to do it in person, like if you still make the job listing exercise, you might identify through that you're looking for a teacher archetype because it's somebody who works nine to five, who is good with children, who maybe wants a family, um, who has time off to go on vacation because travel is important to you. Like, okay, cool. I want a teacher archetype. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to figure out where the teachers hang out and then you're going to make an effort to go there and socialize. You're either going to do that or you're going to go on, sit at your house and swipe through profiles looking for your archetype. So I think the work is there either way. It just depends on what you think you're going to be stronger at. And you just have to be intentional with, with that, whichever resource you use. So, yeah, because I know nobody's going to come knocking on my damn door. They probably won't. They probably won't. Right, if they yeah. did, I would be like, why the fuck <laughs> are you at optimism. my door? Right. <laughs> why are you at my door? But yeah, it sounds like you have to be intentional. I need to rally up some motherfuckers that want to... Um, go on some experimental dates? That no. want to go with the archetype searching. Okay. okay. So really quickly, I mean, in addition to online dating, if you've been single, like Brittany, you mentioned, and even myself, when you get out of this like long-term relationship and being with these people for so long, you kind of lose your spark. You don't even know where to start. You mentioned like dating is a skill and you have to kind of almost hone and practice. So then when the time comes, you're ready for the show. Exactly. Um, and I had the issue First where- First of all, you just repeated that so beautifully. Oh. I am. Thank you. No, you oh, Thank you. Jeez, <laughs> now I'm thanking you. Right. So um, yeah, with that, and even mentioning about flirting, right? Like- I, fl I feel like I flirt a little too much. It might create in a relationship. Little, little issue, you know, okay. a little issue. See, and I'm the, I'm the polar opposite, which is why I need to blow the cobwebs yeah. off the scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but Shan, how, how do we even start dating? Like, what does that process look like when you've been single for so long? Yeah, I mean, like, you just... My, my book is like, it says five surprising secrets. They're really not that surprising. Okay. Um, I like how the publisher added that in there though, That's but perfect. it's a five phase program. Phase one is to know, you got to know yourself inside and out. Also know who you're not. Um, one of the things I talk about in the book is that the worst dating advice I think is shared is just be yourself. Because mm. mm. when on earth would you give that advice to somebody who was not getting the results they wanted? If somebody was consistently not making the basketball team, but really wanted to make the team, and they came to you and said, like, man, this is year three, and I really want to make it. What do you think I should do? You wouldn't be like, just be yourself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yourself hasn't been working. Like, right. Right. we, we got to figure out, you know, get you some new tips, get you in front of some experts. Like, and I love what you even just said about flirting all the time. I think that's massively important because it's difficult. Like I said, like, 
you basically have two modes. You have calm and connect and you have fight or flight in your mm-hmm. nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. And calm and connect is when you do your, your best work. It's when you can make choices. When you're in fight or flight, and fight or flight is very broad. It's not just when someone has a knife to your back. Mm-hmm. Fight or flight is when you're on stage speaking. Fight or flight yeah. is when you're in front of somebody attractive. Like when your adrenaline is pumping and you can sense you're in a stressful scenario, you don't get to make choices. You just are going to be whatever neural circuit is the most traveled, Mm. uh, which is a heady way of saying like, whatever it is that you usually fucking do, that's what you're going to do in that moment. And so if you're not flirting all the time, you're not going to be able to flirt in that moment. Um, Not that that's a bad thing because sometimes that awkwardness and that clumsiness actually like fosters a connection. But Mm -hmm. this book is not about chances. I'm not trying to put people in that like one in a million category. This is about tried and tested high probability results. And so that's why I think that flirting all the time is really important. But phase one is no. Sorry, I got off track. Phase two is to change. So once you know who you are and know who you aren't, you got to start thinking about where are the areas I have to make changes, Uh, both physical in the book. We talk about the makeovers, which I know no one loves to do, but it's important because sometimes when you see yourself differently, you behave differently Mm -hmm. and you reinvent yourself Um, and also changing the faults. One of the girls in the book put in a really great way is that they had everybody had like a defense mechanism personality mm-hmm. like all of their massive yep. things and they could spot them on day one like if you would have sat with these women you're like okay i know why they're single um just based on these sort of defense mechanisms personas and so they had to change that about themselves and then once you do that it's about learning new things mm-hmm. and then you practice in low-risk environments like i said and then you be that person yes. so those are the five secrets she just but- told y'all that's Damn. how you learn how to date. There you go. So I would a that. so would a low risk environment be like um, sliding in DMs and shooting your shot? Ooh. Yes. Wow. A low risk environment is a date with someone that you're like, I don't care, but I kind of want a free meal. You know what I mean? A low okay. risk environment is that person that you just want to even just go practice. Like in the book, I give each woman like an experiment, like like a psychological experiment to test out on a date. One, it's just a little bit of fun and it's nice to add new things to your toolbox. And two, it also takes the pressure off of you to like go somewhere and intentionally flirt with somebody. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to try something new, you have to do it around people that you don't really like right. care about. Got it. So low risk environment equates to hot girl summer. Yeah. That means yeah. we're, we're taking the meals. Okay. We're, we're okay. You got it. I'm here for it. That's what we're doing. Ladies, hot girl summer means low risk environment tea. Yeah, you you, you got to you got to get your fucking feet wet cuz yeah, it'll be a dry girl summer like he's not the one. I'm not gonna like okay, bitch, and then when the one comes, you going to be froze. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of the homegirls Shan asked us, how do you navigate dating multiple people? And I guess that's how you can do it. Put it under the umbrella of low risk environment. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Um, were you guys able to do my commitment quiz? Girl, you yes. know, and that's we, where we were going with this. That's exactly okay, where yes. we were going. Yes. So our, the commitment quiz. Now, since Shan done let the secret out, another <laughs> secret out, <laughs> we took the commitment quiz, which on her site, she has a, a ton of quizzes that are great. But um, specifically, we took the commitment quiz and both Brittany and I got um, the modern monogamous. Yes, we did. Ooh, yeah. 60% of people got that. Yes. So we're, we're basic. Common. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're the basic bitches. Regular. Yeah. Hi, we're basic. Um, so, yeah. And I feel like that was very true. Even the questions that you came up with, Shan, are great. They were awesome. You can easily identify like, yes, that's me. No, that's not me. Yeah. You know, so that that I feel was great. And even thinking about the flirting aspect, the fact that like personally I flirt a lot, I feel like it's good to know my commitment, um, you know, 
this commitment type or style because I can say, like, yo, I'm willing to be with you, but if it ain't working, it ain't working. And that's why I have to get my flirt on because yes. once we're done, we're done, baby. If it's not working, it's not working. And it's good to know maybe even what your, the per people you're interested in, uh, what their commitment style may be because y'all might be not aligned at all. Yeah. Wasting time. For sure. I think that's where the most conflict comes because you might have a modern monogamous style and mm -hmm. then the person that you're dating may be free. Mm -hmm. There's there's different categories. Shan can let Elaborate. Yeah. Let's let Shan go because yeah, we're about to let, let it rip. No, but I actually love, you know, I, I think that you might be monogamish even. Um, and monogamish is you subscribe to traditional monogamy, but the boundaries are a little looser. Wherein flirting is okay, DM sliding might be okay, going to the strip club might be okay. Anything that doesn't actually include um, engaging with somebody one-on-one -on -one for a prolonged period of time, like that might still be permissible in the relationship. And so... Uh, I think you're right. It's really one person at a time. It Germany really, like, is, is monogamous. Like yeah, I think you're right, actually. But yeah. you know, I only want to do those things. I don't want him doing that stuff. Oh, hey, let me okay, let see? me go free, and you you better be monog mon monogamous. So is that fair? How does that? Yeah, work? is that fair, Shan? That is fair. I mean, it's fair okay. because life's about compromises, and so we have to know what's you know. This is like a bad saying, but like, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Um, meaning that. That's a part of your commitment style because you have to also, that's what the questions were worded that way. It's not just a matter of what do you ideally do want to do. It's what could you stomach your partner doing as well too. Mm -hmm. And that's why you might've gotten actually modern monogamous is because maybe you're comfortable flirting, but if your partner did like that just would not be okay with you. Yeah. Um, so that's just where you may scale back a touch. I mean, it's not a massive compromise for you to go from monogamous to monogamish uh, or vice versa. What I the like point that. you may bring, which is a really great one is that, yeah, if you are somebody who's a casual dater and you're dating somebody who's traditional monogamous and traditional monogamy means one person for life. So they truly do look at each person like, this is my forever. Mm. And so it's a little bit different like what you were saying, Germany, where there's a part of you that's always noting that you can leave at any time. Yeah. Uh, a traditional monogamous person goes in with the intent that this is it. Yeah. Then you can get free relationship, open relationship, there's swinging, there is polyamory, and then there is serial non-committed dating, mm. which I think is a really important one because a lot of people in their 20s might fall in that category. Yes. Which is it's, good. That's like a like a situationship type vibe. Yes. Okay, yeah, we know that well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we know that well. And you know what's funny? I consider myself like a serial monogamous though. Maybe I'm a serial monogamish. <laughs> Because right. I really am like hardly alone. She's hardly alone. Yeah, she keeps she keeps in a little roster, a little somebody in the back. Pocket. A little kitty. A little kitty. <laughs> yes. I keep I keep. I mean, it's it's fun. It's all in good fun. Until you have a long term partner, until you have a partner that you want to commit to, and then everyone else gets thrown out the door. Yes. Okay. You know me. I feel seen by you. <laughs> okay. Good. You know me well. <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay. So, so speaking of like maybe mitch matching with the commitment styles. Um, one of our girlfriends, she's she's been asking this question. I think maybe she's having difficulty trying to tether or walk the fine line between wanting to be intimate and loving someone, but not wanting the commitment or mm -hmm. not receiving the full commitment. And I don't know. We don't know what to tell her because honestly, I've never been in that situation. Hmm. Explain that a bit more. I don't. I don't understand. So basically, like. How can you be intimate with someone? Is it possible? Because she didn't give the full situation. Tea. So this is just what I'm assuming. Is it possible to be intimate with someone and love someone without commitment? 
Well, it is possible, but how yeah, can you how can you do it without like you know it getting muddy or gray or people yeah. feeling fucked over? Like, is it possible for it to work fluidly? Absolutely, I think again, like serial non committed dating. Um, I was on the Friend Zone podcast and love them. Dustin is that to a T. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't necessarily want commitment, but he does want to have really strong, meaningful relationships that even include the word love in them with several different people. But that's different from polyamory because he's not saying like, oh, I'm in relation with all these people. He's genuinely like, we don't have any responsibilities when there's no level of accountability, but we do have a connection. Mm. Uh, And it just takes, this is the thing. You guys said that you were boring for modern monogamy. (laughs) The good news is when you have the vast majority, like so 60% of maybe my quiz was taken by 50,000 people. So 60% of that sample, small sample of people got that. That means that all of you guys know the same rules. Mm -hmm. So the probability of you getting into a relationship with someone and having to really explain every single nuance is pretty slim because most people understand what monogamy is. Now, if you want any other kind of relationship where it's only 5% of the population wants or 2%, that means 98% of people have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. So you have to be very comfortable over explaining yourself and not just when the person says, hey, what are we from the jump? Mm. And then after the jump, um, my relationship started out with as friends with benefits. And I was saying to Jared, like, it got kind of annoying, but I get that it was valuable that he used to remind me all the time that, like, I don't want a relationship. I'm like, bro, like, we just spoke five minutes ago. I heard you. <laughs> right. I, I agree. I feel like but my I feelings would be hurt. that because he was just managing expectations constantly. Yes. And I think it really comes down to communication. Um, communicating effectively with the people that you decide to be intimate with, right? Or even whatever type of... we. And I feel like a lot of the times we don't. Yes. Because we don't want to seem like we want more than what they want. Or, yes. you know, we don't want to feel like, oh, I want a relationship, but... We he, just fucking. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess, girl, if you if you gonna really pop that pussy, then you need to <laughs> you need to set out the expectations. Rather, is hey, I'm just here for the love, the loving, but don't want the commitment. Is yeah, what it seems honest. like to me. Be right? honest and open up front. Yeah. Say what you want. If you know that you want a relationship, you want to be married next year and a baby, then, then don't. Okay, so should we say that on the first date? Just want to <laughs> make sure. Is that a conversation that so. should be had on like the on the first date? Like, hey, um, just so you know, I'm really interested in getting married and having kids soon. Oh my god! Because What's I feel because what that? if that runs them off? Then that's usually supposed the to be fear. Here. That's usually the fear. Like, okay, I'm gonna say all this, and he's gonna be like, oh, fuck her. When I could have <laughs> wait to waited to the third date, maybe, and he would have been more receptive. Yeah, it kind of goes back to like the whole job listing thing. And so if you're looking at this person potentially for five different roles, one is like hiking buddy, one is cuddle buddy, one is maybe fuck buddy, and then the other is long-term partner. You don't want to just lead with your long-term partnership criteria because, again, to your point, you don't want to scare them off when they could probably slot into like a lower role. Mm. Um, But I think that like the key to happiness is managing expectations. And a massive thing about communication is communication is a little bit about what you say, but it's mostly about what you want to accomplish. So before you open your mouth, you have to think about what's the outcome that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should drive, inform you of, of a lot of things that you could and could not say on dates. And I also think one of the experiments, one of the girls in the book, and uh, her name is Deshaun, and she's a scientist. And so she okay. characterizes herself by how awkward she is and how socially awkward she is. And she hates small talk. Mm. So... The experiment date that I sent her out on was that she had to ask 13 invasive questions on the first date, ranging from like, are you in debt? Do you have a criminal record? Do you want kids? 
where your ex is right now? Do you, who do you live with? Do you have any debt? And so the thing that she said that she learned on that experience was that it's not a matter of what you ask, it's how you ask it mm-hmm. and how you find some natural segue to throw it in there. And she was like, it's actually better for me because I'm so anti-small talk, but I still approached it with like a lightheartedness. Like I didn't give a fuck what his response was. Sometimes the hard thing is that when we get into a relationship, we have an expectation of what this person should be saying. Like, I'm asking you a question, but I know what I want you to say. Yeah. And that's the wrong way to approach getting to know somebody. Yes. For sure. Ooh, that was tea. I'm like, That makes okay. perfect sense. And I can't wait to get the book so I can have the question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Brittany, are you writing all this down right no, now? No, no, no. I'm just taking mental notes. I'm sending you out on a date no. this weekend. <laughs> Please do. It's just two weeks left. We're almost and I can't wait to talk to you guys afterwards. I'm I'm really sad that they didn't give you copies of that before. Um but Our copies I'm, are on the way. Yeah, they're on the way. They're on the way. Okay, so good. we'll be reading. Yeah, let's talk about this afterwards because I think it's so much fun. But I mean, at the end of the day, like your experiences are, are super valid and what you've gone through is, is incredibly valid. So like give yourself credit for the work that you put in. Also for like having a podcast that's just intentional where you guys are sitting down and communicating for an hour with yourselves and other people like that in itself is incredible dating practice. Wow. Thank you for affirming us <laughs> and for letting us know we have some tools. We appreciate yeah. Is that your love language? That, you, it, is. it is. That is that is one of her. You know me. Oh my God. This is my girl, right? <laughs> okay. So Shan. She knows you, her shit. She, she does. You mentioned um, using our, our intimacy as a superpower, which is like heavy just in itself. Um, And I know a lot of times people think intimacy is just limited to like sexual encounters and sex. Um, But really we're talking about closeness, um, you know, just in general, into general intimacy. But if we are going to talk about sex, what conversations should we be having before we just slide into getting freaky with somebody? Yeah, I think that's a really big uh, thing is just, again, it just has to be second nature. Someone actually asked me yesterday, they're like, what do I, how do I bring up to my partner that they're not doing something right? Mm. And I'm like, man, if the first time you're talking about sex with somebody, like having a conversation is to tell them that they're doing something shitty, like you've already gone off on the wrong foot. Like you guys should be constantly having conversations about sex because you're doing it. Like last night, like you were on fire. Like what was that? Or, you know, you look really hot when the lights went on whatever the yeah. fuck you're gonna say about when it the like sweat there dripped constant, off your back <laughs> yeah there's be constant commentary that's happening and so bringing it up just is second nature um and also I, I always say to people too like talking about sex should mirror good sex whether you're discussing sexual consent or sexual health even the mm-hmm. conversation should be interesting it should be inviting um it should be a little bit lascivious it should be exciting um and just like a little freaky it shouldn't yeah. be dry boring, like all things that bad sex are. It doesn't have to be heavy. It can be um, a part of the dance, a part of the seduction. And so if you include talking about sex as a part of the general sex act and approach it the same way, I think you'll find that it's less of an event and it's like, stop everything. We have to talk about this. It doesn't need to go that way. Yes. Mm, I I like that. that. I like that. that. Making it more casual, flirty and fun. I've been trying to practice that. That's what sex should be. It doesn't have to be this little taboo topic until you're in the bed. And you know what? I notice that it is more taboo. It's more draining and daunting when you're like, damn. Only time you talk about it is like, okay, it's when you're doing it, when you're doing it and you don't barely talk then yeah some of us yeah it's that's just the weirdest time to <laughs> yes. be like mm, nah yeah you know? yeah that's when it turns into a chore and it's like okay that ain't what this is supposed to be no it shouldn't be but germany when you were saying um 
that Shan talked about using intimacy as a superpower. I want to know, like, how do you use intimacy as a superpower? Like, something you can just whip out. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I will say at the end of the day, it already is everyone's superpower. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that in some, like, kumbaya hokey shit. I just mean genuinely our ability to bond is what makes humans great. We don't run the fastest. We don't climb the trees the highest. We don't swim underwater. Um, we don't have the sharpest of teeth. And so what makes us a master species is our ability to connect one another and to work cooperatively. Nice. And love is a bond that defies logic and reason. It's a sense of duty that sometimes even goes against your own uh, individual survival instincts. And so the only reason that we are where we are today as a society is because of the fact that love is our superpower. Mm. But like any superpower, if you don't know how to control it, it can also be your downfall. Mm. And so be making it into your superpower just means understanding the biological influencers that are happening inside of you, understanding the biological triggers that are meaningful to other people, even on a subconscious level, and utilizing that to your advantage, knowing that people want to bond, people are born to bond, and then plugging into that so that you can really control that to your best interest and the best interest of others as well, too. Like, I always say some people like debate me on the title of the book, like the game of desire, like I don't like games and, and dating. And it's like, well, a game is supposed to be a bonding activity between two or more people that is fun, that has structure, and that each person has an equal chance of getting the outcome that they're looking for. But above all else, win, lose, or draw, everyone's supposed to be having a good time. I mean, manipulation is not a game, right? It's just one person doing some fucked up shit. Mm -hmm. That's not... That's not, that's not sold at Walmart or Toys R Us for a reason. It's not a game, right? Um, so I think that that's really where the, the disconnect comes. But gamifying your approach in relationships, meaning understanding the dynamic, knowing what's at play, and knowing how to work strategically towards what you want, that's what I'm trying to promote. I love it. You know what? I'm sure when you give them that game definition, they back the fuck up. <laughs> They're like, oh, shit. She really hit me with some shit. Then you get them. <clears throat> okay, now taking it back to the, to the actual bedroom. Yeah, we're back that? under the sheets. Okay. Let's get back under. So, I love that. Where we got back under. Then, hey, is everyone comfortable? Yeah. Okay, so um, another thing a, a lot of our listeners um, come to us about is um, having a low sex drive. Oh, yeah. Maybe, you know, the fire is not burning in them as much. And I know that can be difficult when they have a partner who does have a higher sex drive and the part their partner isn't initiating sex. So do you have any like tips or suggestions for someone who may have a low libido who wants to get their engine revving up a little more? <laughs> yeah. I mean, why like hypoactive sexual desire disorder or HSDD, like you should look that up and it might be a medical condition. Like genuinely some people's like risk and reward center or the pituitary glands on making the hormones necessary for them to want to engage. And so sometimes it's not a matter of like, you're not trying hard enough. You're not doing enough new stuff or you didn't buy a big enough dildo. It's just that genuinely <laughs> chemically, it's just not there for you and you may need uh, pharmaceutical help. But for majority of other people, I think what's just important to note is that you're your body stops helping you after a while get horny, mm. especially when you've had the same long-term partner. When you first meet somebody, you get butterflies, you get the adrenaline rush, you have right. these dopamine hits, your risk and reward centers lighting up, your brain's on heroin. Yeah. And then after prolonged exposure, you just don't get that anymore. And so now you have to manually create the magic, whereas in the beginning, your body was doing all the heavy lifting for you. And so accepting that is the norm, not like, 
only in relationships that dry up do I stop feeling this way. Literally every single, my relationship started out with fucking. That's what we, the basis of us getting together. Right. And when we moved in together, we literally had sex every single day. And now we're married. Is that the case? Fuck no. Oh, I was about to say, okay, record breaking. Not. Um, And I also acknowledge that, like, I know when I get that butterfly feeling in my stomach, I got to run with it. You know what I mean? Or when I create that magic, I have to, like, edge it on. I can't just expect all the work to be done for us. And so I got to help it out. And back to the quizzes. There's a quiz on my website for turn on triggers. And that's kind of like love language. And so that's about manually making sure that your partner is getting you in the mood. And, of course, you know how to get them in the mood in return. So, Stop expecting to feel super horny. You got to kind of put the work in for it. But also I'm acknowledging the fact that for some people, it's kind of null and void of how much work you put in because it's more of like a a chemical problem. Yes. So that means you got to get the quiz. Do the quiz, y'all, because that's where the tips and tricks will come. I guess once you do the quiz and you, yeah, once we're more aware and self-aware, like, okay, I need to be constantly, um, you know, sent little dirty messages throughout the day. Something that leads up. Yes. Is that yours? You know. What what gets you turned on? Ooh, now it's getting freaky. Um, (laughs) I like a little, a little, um, I like messages. I like to be able to scroll back and be like, oh, I read this. This is a little freaky, you know, and Mm. kind of put myself in the, in the, like, I think I like imagination shit. I like when um, I like to imagine. I like when a man does something for me. The act yeah. of service. It's just, it's like trigger since the turn on triggers are kind of associated with the love language. Like if you do something for me, um, I want to do something for you, which yes. is usually sex. Yes, a sexual favor. <laughs> you buy me something, like you know, I'm not just turning a trick. Yeah, no, turning <laughs> turning flips and tricks. You know, here's a gift. Fuck me, not no. like that, but no. you know. I will. No, that's definitely one of them is is negotiator, and that's okay, just she's like a negotiator. there has to be something a little bit more in it for me than just the <laughs> yeah, physicality think, element. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm that too. That's a part I'm a negotiator <laughs> because if there's no if there's no exchange, like if you're not doing anything, then I'm for sure. Yeah, not, <laughs> at that point it's closed. Hey, <laughs> yeah, the the kitchen's closed. You can hit the Sorry, door. Sorry, no more plates going out. But it's nice to know that a lot of times, like we we are in these long term relationships, and it does get a little stale. So it's nice to know that hey, you got to do a little bit of the work. You got to figure out what's gonna keep that thing juicy. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, go to the same restaurant every day and order your favorite meal for five years. And then talk oh, to no. me about how exciting it's that meal is to you after that amount of time. Yeah. It's just Germany the natural, the I mean, like the human condition, um, your critical brain and your innovative brain are the exact same thing, right? Wow. The reason why that we have an incredible society that's, all, that's constantly progressing is also the reason why we're never happy for long periods of time. And so you have to just accept that. Um, and if it was any other way, if we were just content with what we had, we wouldn't constantly have new inventions. And so you got to take the good with the bad. Mm, that's a good one. Okay. Another, another, um, thing you said that you and your current hubby started off as fuck buddy. So I'm assuming as soon as you guys hooked up, the fucking has started. <laughs> and so, and so, um, some of the ladies are like, how soon is too soon to start doing the do mm. like, how soon is too soon to let this man know that I want to have sex with him? Well, what's your guys' rule of thumb in Germany and Brittany? Um, rule of thumb. I like to do, you know, usually I try to wait like at least 60 to 90 days. Before I felt like 60 to 90 days was so 
Like that's a short amount of time. But as I mature and I grow and I guess it comes down to the more that I connect with a person, what, how often we're speaking, if we're engaging in person, um, I, I'm going to say maybe like shit, you know, what? I'm just going to a little shorter in 30 days to 90 days. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, um, I don't really have like a time frame. Mm -hmm. Like I can't say like, I'm counting down. I can't say that I have like definitely 30 days, but yeah. I know that it wouldn't, the way I operate, I know it wouldn't be like on day one. I, I think I strongly need a connection. I it's hard for me to detach. Sure. So however long it takes to form the connection, connection yeah. then that's will be, that would be the time frame for me. I love that. And look, look, look how clear that was. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was just beautifully said. And like, if I were on a date with you, I'd like, I totally get it. I get your position. Um, I think the general rule of thumb that I go by is, a good sexual experience should have consent. Of course, we all know that, mm -hmm. but also it should have mutual intent. And so we have to be wanting to do this for the same reasons. Like if I'm trying to do this because I want to deepen our bond and you're trying to do it because you had a hard day at work and you kind of want to just like let one go, then it's not similar intent. I'm going to be dissatisfied with the experience. And so you have to align on that. Like, what does this mean for you? And a great thing about if your intent is to make a meeting connection with somebody or to test for chemistry and you do it really soon you have to acknowledge that there's still so much about each other that you don't know yeah the one thing that i think i've learned about sex throughout the years and i was on a horrible decisions podcast where all they talk about is like their extreme um not just their own lives but just like you know fucking and yeah. so they were saying that we were just both talking about how we just recognize that sex doesn't necessarily it's an activity right like mm -hmm. it doesn't bond bond people or create this unless you do it for a long period of time but even then for women in particular we release oxytocin upon orgasming and during cuddling men don't necessarily release that either mm. at least at the same amounts and so we can tend to get more connected and so that's important to know about yourself because you don't want to end up again uh promoting somebody who's supposed to just be laying the pipe to the ceo suite because yes. your biology got involved period but I would say if your intent is to get to know somebody well, having sex with them is a layer of that, but it's not going to guarantee that they're going to like the rest of you. So if you know that you're not going to be happy with that decision, if that person ghosts a week later, that's probably not the route. I think the best thing to think about it is like a good sexual experience should last at least a week. You know what I mean? Like you should like yourself or like the aftermath of it for at least a week, maybe even up to three weeks because when you get STD tested. Oh, um, right. That part. <laughs> Yeah, okay, exactly. so if you're not feeling good, if you're feeling bad about it after a day, then it probably wasn't the best decision. That's beautiful. Perfectly oh, said. shit. Yeah, because sex does add a little layer. sometimes we make hasty decisions like, oh, shit, I'm going to fuck right now. And then the next day you're like, now why Shouldn't did, did I? I made a couple hasty decisions in my day. Every time, not every time, hold on, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I make a hasty decision, I always feel like I got AIDS. You know, I Germany immediately go to AIDS. I do, Brittany. I'm like, Brittany, I got AIDS. And then I'm there to reassure you that you're you overreacting. And luckily, I don't have AIDS, but yeah. a few times I thought I did. Remember? But you were just going off the deep end. For, I know. I usually do. Short. Yeah, you I usually, usually do. really do. So yeah. do you think there's any conversations that we should be having with people before we get intimate? I guess you kind of mentioned, did you kind of mention it when you were like, um, Making sure the intent, intent is the same. Yeah. Yeah. Intent, you, know, you just mentioned it. You know, sexual health is also an important one to have. I think with sexual health, though, like people chalk it up to like a, a survey. Like, have you been 
uh, diagnosed with HIV? Have you had a sexually transmitted infection in the past six months? How many partners have you had? But if you actually want, again, going back to communication, it's not about what you say, it's what you want to accomplish. And so if you present the questions in a very clinical way in which it is very clear that based on their answer will determine if they get the pussy or not, they're going to answer in a way that's going to try to sway you to do what they want. Right. So it has to be like, I, I've had chlamydia and like that's such a blessing for me because it's not a sex chlamydia is a sexually transmitted infection. So it clears with treatment and right. it's not impacted my life at all. But divulging that to partners and being like in casual conversations, like, man, like you got to really be careful. You know, I actually have caught chlamydia before. And so it was like, it's important for me to keep getting tested. Like, what are your thoughts on it? And so by giving up something like a bit of information about myself, that's not that pleasant or that picture perfect. It also gives my partner or potential partner an opportunity to say, yeah, maybe I actually, I've had herpes. I haven't had a breakout in a couple of years or whatever they're going to say afterwards. Mm But I've, created an, a space where they would feel comfortable divulging the truth and i'd let them know there's no judgment now maybe i am secretly judging it's your health you should be judging um <laughs> but it shouldn't come across that way yeah so i have to figure out a way to add, um to introduce that because i really want to see the paperwork yeah me too so i'm, like, I'm did trying you bring to figure your out a way to be like hey can i confirm that by looking at your shit <laughs> because people can easily be like oh yeah i ain't never had none i'm good or you know i'm cool right now and then that could be false Right. So, well, there's an I app think- that's called Safe App that does that, um, where you would like present that to the person, show them like when you were checked last and what the results were. So we, we love need that. to start yeah. making that a, a, a non-taboo topic. Like we need to figure out a way to normalize saying, "Hey, I need to see your shit." Yeah. And here's mine. You know what? I'll probably start off with. Here's you know, my papers. Here's my papers, and then in exchange, I want to see yours. That was kind of how I how I introduced it um, to a partner. I was just like, "Yo, it's super important for me to know like you're clean, like currently before I let you fuck. Um, I need to see where's your my chart. Open it. Can I see? You know, it was very like I have my my chart. You can see my my chart. And I guess it's a matter of like you said, Shan, the like connection. creating space where it's not like you're just telling me some information and I'll decide if I'm going to share something with you. I guess deciding even I guess saying, hey, I'm this is my current status. What's your current status? I Offering can see how that's a kind of prolong the the act of having sex, too, as mm-hmm. well for me, because I feel like um, in my current state before reading the book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> I would want to, like, I feel like I would need a certain level of comfort and connection before I ask that question. Oh. You know? I don't feel like it would be a date one, like, can I see your shit? Why? I feel like you're entitled. I'm not even entitled. I don't feel feel like like I I don't deserve the right to know. I'm just saying that I don't feel, like, comfortable asking without the connection that would be greater than a date one connection you know what i'm saying 100 percent. i agree with that because i think that um it's really not anyone's business what your status is unless they're going to be be physically engaging with you and there i work with a lot of people who have herpes and it's a very very big like constant thing on their mind and the thing with people who are herpes positive is that many people you know herpes is not dissimilar from chickenpox, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. really massively affect your system, but it just lays dormant in your spine at all times. And so people haven't had outbreaks in 10 years and they don't think they should have to tell anybody, but you have to remind them that the reason why you got herpes is because someone rationalized that they didn't have to tell you and that mm. it was low risk, right? But ultimately, like the best advice is like, you don't have to divulge to somebody date one 
who you don't have their trust. You don't know who they're going to tell. You don't know how they're going to react. And you don't have the time to really educate them either. And that person might go and spread malicious rumors about you. So I wouldn't advise somebody who does have a lifelong sexually transmitted infection to divulge that to somebody that they weren't going to sleep with. That's good to know. Okay. I love that. And we want to bring on an, um, Someone who um, has experience with herpes. Our, herpes our whole positive. thing is about breaking the stigma. So we for sure want to bring someone on our show to talk about that because that's very important and it shouldn't be a taboo topic. And then we want people to feel comfortable um, giving the information and also people to feel comfortable receiving and knowing how to handle something really yes. sensitive like that. Definitely. We need so, to be educated. Shan, I was watching one of your YouTube videos, which you have a million that are great. Oh, my God. I love them. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I think it was the actual, the latest one with Wheezy from Horrible Decisions, which is uh, yes, freaky deaky, but it's good. Um, and you mentioned that you're not really like super surprised by people bringing up uh, sexual acts or things that, you know, you're not really ever... Like, it's not like, oh, you're not shocked because you went through um, the sexual attitude adjustment course, which kind of, I guess, is it more like, would it be like a destigmatizing sex for you? Yeah, it's exactly how I would describe it. I yes. mean, it's, it's like you're just it's seeing it in so many different forms. And then you're hearing people talk about their experiences. And at the end of the day, if you probably sat down with anybody for 20 minutes, you could see their perspective. You may not agree with them because you don't have the same experiences, maybe the same goals but you can at least empathize with their experience and why they would like that thing so i feel like from that i got that perspective that like okay like all sexual desires are valid in their own form unless of course it's like a paraphilia that's illegal yeah which is not valid because you can go to jail yeah period so with that um we had one of our homegirls ask us really a lot of our homegirls ask us and i figure you know what this isn't going to be too much for shan because she she's seen it all she's heard it all yeah um but they want to know is squirting peeing and can everyone squirt so i i there's been so much like cross information like even something as simple as like the g-spot is really not like a medically widespread known fact like how we know there's a clitoris like the end of story period like we all understand that um so i interpret squirting from my research as being based on the skein's gland and that is like the um, homologous or like the anatomical twin to the prostate mm-hmm. and so for example men have nipples they don't need that shit it's usually <laughs> it's fucking purposeless right. but it's like an evolutionary mistake that they didn't get phased out and some women got the skein's gland even though we don't need that because we're not trying to lubricate um our ejaculation duct which Mm. for them is also where they pee out of so i think that some women have a skein's gland and which is like a a gland that produces fluid Mm. and that's what um squirting fluid is and so it's not pee it's clear and it's odorless it's not dissimilar from like pre-cum um and so no but that to be said is some squirting pee for sure you know and it comes out of the bladder as well too like it's the same exactly the same as men right like they they both orgasm and they pee out of the same duct and for women they may both squirt and pee out of the same um exit holes if the right term wow okay so it could be a little pee yeah could not yeah, but if you go pee first, it might clear your, alleviate your, your thoughts that system. I also, in full disclosure, don't and have never squirted. And so I don't have like anecdotal information about this. I just, you know, know from reading and from listening to others, which is never the same thing as actually experiencing it. Right. So yeah, I'm never, are you a squirter, Germany? She is not. Okay. She, she is not. Brittany is not either. But it does get real moist, but she's not. She's <laughs> not. Yeah. Sure you know what it is. Okay, so Shan, now is... um. 
our girlfriend gag segment. So our girlfriend gag segment is where our listeners send in um, questions that they want our opinion on or some suggestions. And so we thought that this question would be fitting for you because it's pretty long. It's yeah. really a story. It's a little. It's a little <laughs> it's scenario. A story. Okay, yeah. that's okay. exactly how all my DMs are. Yes, <laughs> we get some novels in here, and we're like, some of them were like, okay, we can handle that. Some of them were like, um, we need to archive this for somebody yeah. else. <laughs> and so, so here's yours. Yeah. So here's the one we have special, especially for you. So she says, "Hey, homegirls, I'm just gonna say, hey, Shan, I have a gag that I would love to have. Okay. Some, I would love to have some advice on." During my last year of college, I had a hoe phase. I had a decent amount of sexual partners, but I had no shame about it. It was safe, protected, consensual, and all of my partners respected me and my boundaries. Not to mention, it was fun learning my body and what I enjoyed and what I don't enjoy. A year ago, I moved across the country for graduate school and decided to pause my hoe phase because I don't know any of these niggas. (laughs) Fast forward a couple of months. Fast forward a couple months, I met my boyfriend. He is sweet, funny, and charming. I'm in love. He's literally one of the best things that happened since I've moved. I was diagnosed with minor depressive episodes, and he stood ten toes down and made sure I stayed on my shit. When I was facing eviction, he moved in to help me catch up on bills. I mean, everything about him is amazing except the sex. Now, here we go. Mm-hmm. One of the best things about my whole phase is that I got what I came for every single time. And with my boyfriend, I'm often unsatisfied. He has realized that he's enjoying sex way more than I am and asked suggestions from me to help make sex be more enjoyable for the both of us. I can tell he became self-conscious about it and now I just fake the big O to make him feel better. Help me out, please. Mm. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I mean, every relationship comes with incompatibility and connection errors. It's just a matter of like... Uh, in my book, I talk about the frozen five and your frozen five are like your basic requirements. Again, going back to the job listing, when you apply for a job, it's like must have a college education, must have two years of experience. Like whatever those five things are that somebody literally has to have in order for you to get what you need out of that role. Um, Because again, you're a multi-billion dollar company. Now, if in your frozen five is sexual compatibility, I would say that this partner, although lovely, probably isn't a fit for your ideal long term. Mm -hmm. But I, in the book, I give a list of 26 different things that you can choose that are all really, really important things. And so sexual compatibility may not make the list for you. And so I think you can make it work because Every relationship is going to come up, whether that the dude is perfect but broke or <laughs> perfect but a mama's boy or oh, perfect but your friends hate them um, or perfect but stubborn. It just There's always going to be something that comes up in that realm. So you got to first and foremost ask yourself, is this a part of my non-negotiables? And if it is not, also too, I mean – I feel like sexual compatibility can be built. I mean, sex, it's a skill. That's all there is to it. But it also depends on how you orgasm. Like if you are uh, somebody who orgasms through penetration and your partner can't maintain an erection for long or comes really quickly, that might be frustrating for you. Uh, But if it's something as simple as your partner's not good at oral yet, then that's an easy fix. Or maybe your partner's not as sexually adventurous. In such a case, start watching porn together. Um, Start providing them with more um, information and more tools. They can get their game up. There's a learning curve that may have to happen. So so even though it was a long-ass paragraph, I guess we're still missing information. (laughs) But the most important question to ask yourself is, is this a non-negotiable for me? And if it isn't, okay, guess what? Like everybody else, you got to bring somebody else up. You know, you got to 
educate that person. And it may not be as quick as you want to, but lying about orgasm is never going to get you faster to the result. That's yeah, no, sure. no. Not good because I can never. Then resentment. You the, start yeah. to be resentful. Like, I done sat up here and fucked you and I Period. ain't got what I need. And yeah. now I'm pissed And off. now you putting miles on my thing. <laughs> That's how I always feel the miles. Also, on too, it. is like, how are you supposed to know that you're bad at math if you keep getting A's, but really Ooh. you're an F student? Ooh, yeah. you said it. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. I mean, it seems like he's picking up what she's putting down, but you just gotta tell him, like, babe, it's not hitting. Hitting, literally. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's not hitting. And what's great is that she's had experience, so at least she knows, like, I think that's a great advantage, because with some people, they don't like what they're getting, but they don't know what they want. Mm. Okay. She seems to, like, know, okay, here's where the bar is. That in itself is a massive piece of the puzzle. That is. Okay, so hopefully she's... She's equipped with more tools. Shan, we have one more question. Brittany yeah. wants to let this one fly. Well, the, the girls do. So our last question is, how can I shoot my shot if I fear rejection? You don't shoot your shot. You, like, don't approach it like that. Oh. Why would you shoot a shot with somebody whom you don't even know if you, if it's worthy of you? Right? Like, I wouldn't, I'm not walking up to somebody to be like, will you be my long-term partner? Or like, will you be my fuck buddy? I don't know them. So mm. you have to approach them with curiosity. Like, I think people think of making the first move as, like, sliding in the DMs intentionally. Like, you're really sexy. Let's talk sometime. Where it can just be something as simple as, like, hey, I saw you went to Spain last month. I'm thinking of going next month. Like, what's the best city to go to? Mm. Like, just engage in a conversation with this person that's lighthearted, that you know that you can control the conversation, that you can actually provide feedback and that you're an expert on this topic. Like, you can show off your best parts in it. But... You don't have to approach them with an intention. You just approach them with curiosity. Yes. Mm. And then it'll be what it's going to be. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that too. That's Girl, you really have some Because you know if you approach somebody and then they're rude to you, like even better. Like, fuck, you can't hold a regular conversation. Like, I'm so super happy that I didn't waste any more time lusting after you. Exactly. Period. Now I know you ain't my boo. Yeah. <laughs> now I know I can let you go. Shan, let everybody know where they can find you on social. Let them know about the book, all of the tea. Yes. Well, you said everything just now. Um, okay. Just the book is the most important thing ever. I would say like this is once in a while you do a project. My other book is 10 years old. Mm-hmm. So this took me 10 more years to really know that I had something to contribute, something to say, and that I could make an incredible piece of work. It's like that is the number one thing I would say 100%. Follow me on social media if you want the free shit and the quizzes 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm down for that too, but the book is where the love is at. It's called The Game of Desire, uh, but you can find me on Shan Booty. Booty with a D, not with a T, yes. um, on all socials. Yes, y'all, please go out and actually buy this Yes, support book. support her. This book, um, the little bit that I have read, it's amazing. The information that you shared confirms that it's amazing and a must-have. And this is the information that we know that our listeners lead, need because the questions that they ask us, let us know that. Yes, so. and again, like we say always here, this is our ecosystem. Shan is a part of our ecosystem. Supporting us is supporting her. Supporting her is supporting us. So go out and buy the book. Share it with all your homegirls. Let everybody know that we about to take over this goddamn dating scene. Yeah. It's ours. Shan, thanks that, so much. That's the best Amazon review I could possibly get. Yeah, period. Again, thank you. Thank you. I will be putting Germany. that on Amazon. You can, okay, you'll see my Amazon yeah. review. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shan, <laughs> thanks for coming on and chatting with us, taking time. We appreciate you sharing so your energy with us. You are the best. All right, thank you so much. Bye, Thanks, everybody. girl. Bye. Bye. Bye.